In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, come and fill us again. We believe that you are the same God. You are the same Holy Spirit that fell on the apostles and Mary and other disciples at Pentecost. You are the same Holy Spirit that's moved through the ages in the hearts of men and women who have become torches of sorts and who have set the world ablaze. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to come again, fill our hearts again today as we look forward in just a couple days to celebrating the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. We ask you to fill our hearts with the love of God, with the power of God, with the glory of God. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us remember how you have worked in so many ways at so many different times throughout our lives in a very personal way, in an intimate way, in ways that only you know sometimes. But we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come again to enkindle in our hearts the fire of your love. And Mother Mary, we turn to you and we ask you to intercede for us here this morning in a special way. I ask you, Mary, to take all of these daughters of yours into your heart, to wrap them in your mantle, and to speak to their feminine hearts from your feminine heart this morning, to help them all receive the Holy Spirit in a way that you did, in a way that will transform them, in a way that will heal them, Elizabeth told you, Mary, that you were blessed because you believed. And so we ask you to increase our faith, Lord. We believe. Please help our unbelief. So let's crown Mary the queen of our time together here as we pray together. Hail Mary, Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, I know some of you are planning to go to the Holy Land next year. Some of you have already been. But my very first time to the Holy Land, take note, Bev, the priest who led our pilgrimage used number 478 from the Catechism of the Catholic Church to help bring the the trip together. And I preached about this last night in one way, but I want to preach about it this morning in a little bit of a different way. So number 478 from the Catechism, it's in the first part, what we believe. And this is about the heart of the incarnate word. So here's what the Catechism of the Catholic Church has to say about the sacred heart of Jesus. Jesus knew and loved us each and all during his life his agony, and his passion, and gave himself up for each one of us. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me, said St. Paul. He has loved us all with a human heart. For this reason, the sacred heart of Jesus, pierced by our sins and for our salvation, is quite rightly considered the chief sign and symbol of that love 
with which the divine redeemer continually loves the eternal father and all human beings without exception. Without exception. That's good news, right? (laughs) So what's the point here? The point is that Jesus being God, right? Remember that he became what he was not, namely a human, without, uh, you know, leaving behind his divinity. Now, it's true, on some level, he stripped himself of his divinity as he walked the earth, but he still had his divine mind, if you will. And so he was aware of each and every one of us as he lived his life. So that's the cool thing about going to the Holy Land and calling to mind this number, that as he was born in Bethlehem, he had each and every one of us on his mind and in his heart. As he carried his cross, I often, that really struck me, I think, when I was meditating on this number, there at the third station on a corner in, you know, in Jerusalem, right? It's on this one street corner in Jerusalem, the third station. Jesus falls for the first time. Why did he get up? Like, why did he do this? Right, well, because he had me on his mind and in his heart. And he said, for Jason, I'm getting up and I'm going to keep going. And for Lisa Marie and for Gail, Right For each and every one of you, he said, I'm going to keep going. So he knew you all throughout his time on earth. He knew your name. He saw your face. And that motivated him to do everything that he did out of love for you. That's a really beautiful thing to contemplate, right? And we focused on that last night at Our Lady of Refuge. But now... Apply it to yourselves throughout your life, right? It's the other side of the card, if you will. If he knew you all throughout his life, and we turn that over, what does it mean, logically, but that he's known you all throughout your life, right? So he's been with you each and every step of your life. That's really important. (laughs) That's important to know. And that's why memory is so important, dear sisters. I hope from time to time you're all doing your examine prayer, which is not meant to be a checklist, right, of all the times you failed throughout the day, right? More than anything, it should be remembering how God acted in your life throughout the day. That's why we want to do the examine prayer, right? To remember how God moved in your life throughout the day so you can be encouraged as you fall asleep right and so you can wake up encouraged wow god acted in my life yesterday guess what my mind naturally is going to start thinking he's going to act in my life today i saw healing yesterday when i prayed for somebody huh i bet you if i pray for healing today for somebody else he's going to heal him again right now you may not have that expectation I didn't either several years ago, but I have that expectation even now, right? So in other words, there's room to grow, right? There's room to grow. And God wants to build on what you've already seen and done, right? But that won't happen unless you remember. Get the point? (laughs) 
right? You're not going to grow, right, if you, if you fail to remember what he's already done. Because then it's like he's starting all over again each and every day. That's hard, right? In any relationship, right? It's really important. And, and what does the enemy want us to do, right? He wants us to be moving so fast, right? Fill your schedule, right? Just stay connected to this thing and plugged in all the time. Why does he want us to be so frenetic, right? And, and frantic, right? So that we, we don't even have time to remember what he did yesterday, right? Because we're all always thinking about the next thing that we have to do, right? That's not how God wants you to live, right? God wants you to pause. And that's why what we're doing here this morning is so sacred. Because one of the things that God wants to do when we pause is to just remind us of, of how amazing we are and how precious we are in his eyes and how much he loves us. And I don't know about you, but I need to hear that every day, <laughs> right? I need to be reminded of that every day because the enemy is coming with a very contrary kind of a message, right? The enemy's trying to accuse us and remind us of all of our mistakes, right? And that will make you anxious. If you constantly remember all of the bad things you did or all of the bad things that happened to you, right? Of course you're going to be anxious, right? How could, you, how could you not be, right? So that's where the Lord invites us to just give it to him, right? Give the past to him. And there might need, you know, you might need to heal the memories, right? That's, that's important insofar as remembering that God was with you all the way, even if you weren't aware of it in the moment. That's typically what, what leaves its mark is when we were not aware of God's presence and love and, and goodness and mercy. So that's where God can go back with us and heal memories. That's as a general title for this talk this morning, faith heals. Faith is healing. <coughs> but the Lord needs you to make those acts of faith for yourself. And again, the importance of remembering how he's already worked so that you can make an act of faith in that. And then you can say to yourself, well, if he did it before, he can do it again. Right? That's from Revelation, was it 10, 19? This, this, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What does that mean? That means as I remember what Jesus has already done for me, and as I tell people, as I give witness, as I share a testimony about what Jesus has already done for me, the spirit of God moves and, and like arouses in us a kind of faith and hope that he can do it again. The spirit of prophecy, right? I'm, I'm, I'm testifying to what Jesus has already done and I'm prophesying, so to speak, that he's going to do it again. And that's a mindset that you can all have. That's the renewal of the mind that Paul talks about in Romans 12 too. Right? The renewal of our minds. I mean, that was the theme at Everest, right? Or a year ago, or was that this year? I forget, but... <clears throat> Right, the renewal of the mind, which then certainly brings healing to the heart and strengthens the will and helps us, enables us really to live with 
with great expectation about God who is on the move. So today's, uh, today's first reading is very good, so I'm not going to wait until the homily to preach about it. So today's first reading is from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, if you want to look at your Magnificat. <clears throat> really good stuff here. Paul says, Brothers and sisters, such confidence we have through Christ toward God. Not that of ourselves we are qualified to take credit for anything as coming from us. Rather, our qualification comes from God. Can I just get an amen? amen. <laughs> Let's repeat that. In the name of Jesus, I believe and I declare the truth that my qualification comes from God. So that takes the pressure off. For it. That takes the pressure off of you and off of me, right? Our qualification comes from God, who has indeed qualified us as ministers of a new covenant, not of letter but of spirit. For the letter brings death, but the spirit gives life. So he's talking about the difference between the old covenant. And the new covenant, the old law and the new law of the spirit, right? Now, why, why is the old law dead, right? What, what is Paul talking, what does he mean by that? So God gave a law, but he hadn't yet really poured out the spirit, right? So in a sense, the law is impossible to fulfill without the spirit, right? Now, God gives graces, right? And he gives help for sure, right? But in a sense, uh, in order for us to be transformed and, and, and in order for us to fulfill the law from within and not as some external, right, imposition, if you will, right, that takes the Holy Spirit. Now, if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone was so glorious that the children of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of its glory. Remember that when he would come out of the tent of meeting, his face would be so bright and glorious that he had to wear a veil over his face, right? Now, it, so, so Paul's saying it's a dead letter and yet it did have glory, right? So he's kind of giving some explanation here. Uh, so if the children of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of its glory, that was going to fade how much more will the ministry of the Spirit be glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation was glorious, the ministry of righteousness will abound much more in glory. Indeed, what was endowed with glory has come to have no glory in this respect because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was going to fade was glorious, how much more will what endures be glorious? So, Paul's trying to help us appreciate what we've been given, right? It's true. What was given was good. You know, the law that God gave, it's not that God wanted to give that, but humanity had become so depraved, that's why God had to give it, right? That's, God didn't want to have to give a law, 
but he had to. Otherwise, they would have gone completely off the tracks, right? As you can see our society doing today without God, right? Welcome to 2023, right? So the law had power and it was glorious, but compared to what we have now, it pales in comparison. That's what Paul's trying to say. Right, so we need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us appreciate that. And not just to appreciate it, but to live it more and more. So that we're not merely trying to fulfill a law. Right, God never intended us to just live according to a law and to just fulfill a law. Because that's really not living at all. That, that doesn't sound like abundant life to me. I don't know about you. Right? So our, our, our relationship with God is not meant to be a bunch of rules that we follow. Right? It's not meant to be a bunch of doctrines per se. Right? But rather it's meant to be this dynamic relationship and a participation in the glory of God. A participation in the glory of God. Because he's literally given us a share of his spirit. His eternal spirit. His Holy Spirit. So as we make acts of faith in this, as we make acts of faith, in, in the, so all of that to say then, right, that, wow, we must be pretty special in God's eyes, right? We must be amazing, right? Beautiful, precious, so precious that he would give us such a gift. Think about it, right? When you've put a, a lot of time and, and, and thought, maybe even money, right, into a particular gift for somebody, well, that, that must mean that you care about that person. If you put that much time and, and energy and whatever in, in, into a gift, right? Think about that. And you women are much better at that, I'm sure, than most guys, right? Right, because you appreciate life, because you carried it in your wombs, right? Like you know, you know the sacrifice involved in carrying a life, most of you, right? If not all of you. So God considers each and every one of us so precious, so so wonderful, so beautiful, that he would give us this gift, that he would share with us his life, his glory. And you don't have to earn that. Right? I think so many of us, we grew up thinking that we had to be good enough. Right? That we had to fulfill the law so that God would give us these good gifts. That's a big lie. Right? That is a big lie. Yes, character counts, obviously. Right? Character counts. But God is wanting to share this power with us and this glory in such a way that as we receive that in faith, right, we are, we are just filled with awe and wonder. That's one of his gifts. It's one of the seven gifts that allows us to relate to God more personally, more intimately, more profoundly. Right? Knowledge, wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, piety, awe and wonder. Right? The seven gifts of the Spirit that allow us to relate to God. In a, in a fuller way, right? Faith, hope, and love is just the beginning, 
right? But there's so much that God wants to communicate to us, and, and not even through a book, right? Not even through a book. I mean, books are helpful, obviously, right? We got to be in the Word. We got we to gotta know the catechism. But then God does something that's so much more profound and personal. Right, just a couple days ago uh, was the fifth anniversary of my dad's passing. Right? And I had a profound encounter with the Lord and my dad when I was sitting before the Blessed Sacrament. Profound. Right? And that's because I make acts of faith in the real presence of Jesus. And I make acts of faith that there is a heaven and that my loved ones actually go there and hang out with Jesus and really have a good time. Right? That it's something that blows this reality away. As I said on Sunday at Refuge, what we see here is like black and white. Right? I know all of you have black and white TVs growing up. So did I. Right? right? This, what we see here is like black and white. Compared to the high definition three, you know, I mean, it's just, we can't even imagine, but we should try. You should try to imagine as the song goes, right? I can only imagine, right? You should try because you will have these profound encounters, right? With the God of glory who is in heaven and, and my dad and I just hanging out with Jesus in heaven. I mean, God, the Lord just took me up there, right? And in spirit, I was with my dad and Jesus in heaven. And it was, so I, I had a certain knowledge then that was direct and immediate and personal and profound and life-giving and healing and inspiring, right? And, and that doesn't come from a book, right? You don't get that from a book. That's, again, that, that's another point Paul's trying to make, right? If all you do is focus on the letter... Right? You're not going to get what God wants to give. God wants to give us so much. He wants to be so close. Right? He is so close. He just wants us to, to realize that more and more. Right? That we literally have heaven inside of us. Right? And so we can start living our heaven now. Here and now. And as we realize that more and more, well, then we just want to share that, right? And, and people will, will notice something, right? Like, wow, what, what got into you, you know? <laughs> that we become torches, right? That's the word that came to me last night and today. Just, you become a torch, a living torch, because Jesus said, I want to set the world ablaze. And as St. Catherine of Siena said, right, if you are what you should be, what you were created to be, you will set the world ablaze. That's fun, right? I can tell you that's, that's a lot of fun, right? And, and I believe it more and more, and I just love watching God light people up through me, right? That's fun. And you can do that all in your own little circles of influence or maybe big circles of influence, you know, wherever they may be. Right, but that's, that's what God wants for you, right? That you become lit up 
and that you light up the world around you, right? You are the light of the world. Didn't we just read that the other day, right? We're, we're reading through the Sermon on the Mount. You are the light of the world. Do you believe that? And do you believe that you're called to light up the world? Right? I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. And I, I believe in all of you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here this morning, right? You all believe it to some degree. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. And I just invite you to believe it more and more. Am I supposed to stop at 9.30? (laughs) Well, let's just close in prayer. Abba Father, we thank you for creating us out of love. We thank you for literally knitting us together, cell by cell. For seeing us and loving us for who we are, not for what we do, not for what we have, but just for who we are. And we thank you for qualifying us. For sharing with us your spirit, your life. For literally incorporating us into your mystical body. Through the power of the Holy Spirit the mystical body of your son, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we're honoring your sacred heart today and in these days to come. Jesus, we believe that you are on fire with love for each and every one of us. We believe that we are so special in your eyes, that we are the apple of your eye that you love each of us so uniquely. I just pray, Lord, that you would communicate to all of these women here how how special they are, each and every one of them, how unique each one of them is. Speak to their hearts, Lord, today. Holy Spirit, come. Fall afresh on each and every daughter of God here. Renew in each and every one of them, Lord, the the spirit of adoption that made them all daughters of Abba, Father. And Holy Spirit, may the cry, Abba, re-echo in each of their hearts. Just reverberate, Holy Spirit, in their hearts and minds. And Holy Spirit, help them all to remember the marvels that the Lord has done in their lives. How he's already worked so beautifully, so powerfully, so tenderly, so mercifully. Remind them of the mountains that you've already moved in their lives. Remind them all of the mountains that you have already moved 
and how you want to move more mountains. Increase their faith. That you've always been with them every step of the way before they could even take a step. How you have provided for them. And help them all to know that whatever broke their heart broke your heart too. That whatever made them cry made you cry. That whatever made them laugh made you laugh. Whatever filled them with joy filled you with joy. Help them all to know that you are so attuned to their every thought and feeling and inspiration. Help them all to know, Lord, that nothing escapes your gaze, that you care so much and that you are so close. Lord, help us to let go of the things that we need to let go of. Help us to reveal to you the things that still need healing. Whatever wounds, Lord, are are still festering or still tender. Lord, help us to to show you those wounds and, and to invite you there. To be gentle. To be patient. To be understanding. Lord, help us to know that you are not in a rush, that you are not in a hurry. Lord, help us all to slow down. Lord, help us all to pause like we're pausing here. Help us to daily pause throughout the day to just allow you to gaze upon us, to allow you to love us right where we're at as you're loving us right here, right now. I just invoke holy women to pray for you right now. Mother Mary, St. Elizabeth, St. Perpetua, St. Agatha, St. Lucy, Cecilia, Anastasia. Pray for these women. St. Catherine of Siena, St. Scholastica, St. Claire, St. Faustina, Mother Teresa, pray for these women. Pray for these sisters of yours. Help them to know that it's all true. That everything that God has said is true. But to help them all to know it in a way that is experiential, that is personal and profound. Jesus, I just invite you to sit down next to each and every daughter here. 
to even kneel down in front of you. I can just like see the Lord literally kneeling down at each and every one of your feet. And he's just looking up into your eyes as you sit there in your chairs. The Lord's just holding your hands. He's looking up into into your eyes. Just let, let the Spirit communicate His presence and His love, His tenderness to you right now. And He's remembering with you when He created you. He's remembering with you when you were baptized, when you were confirmed, when you took your vows. He's remembering the mountains that he's moved in your life. The mountains that he's made low and the valleys that he has filled in for you. The trials and the tribulations that he has walked with you. Now he says to each and every one of you, my bride, my pr- the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. I just need you to believe. I need you to trust. I need you to keep stepping out in faith. I need you to just keep opening the door of your heart Don't be afraid. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to shame you. I'm not here to give you a to-do list. I'm just here to, to love on you, to bless you, to heal you, to fill you with my glory. I'm here to qualify you. He's assuring you that you can hear his voice and he's speaking to you. Just let him embrace you. Rest your head on his chest. Let him wrap his arms around you and give you rest and peace and joy. He loves to be with you. He loves to hold you. It's not a burden. 